Good morning on this April 2nd, 2021, about 11.25 in the morning. The name of this episode is called, He's Still on the Throne. Yes, sir. He's still on the throne. Now, in the Old Testament, you read in the books of like First and Second Kings and First and Second Chronicles a pattern of the kings. Now they did evil in the sight of God. Then they died, and then another king went to the throne. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. He died. Another sat on the throne. Did evil died, etc., etc. Now, this, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> this pattern couldn't go on forever. It went on because history had to go a certain way. But a righteous king one day had to sit on the throne who was not going to be wishy-washy. In his, you know, wishy-washy in the rule. Now, David was a righteous king, but David came and went, and even if he lived to be a thousand, he still was not worthy. He was still just a man. See, the whole Bible is really about the coming of Jesus. The first prophecy about Jesus, Jesus is in Genesis. Genesis chapter 3, verses 12 to 15. Prophecy is in verse 15. Now, you may have people, you know, say to you, just making conversation, and they say things like, Man, this crazy pandemic. But through all that, he's still on the throne. Well, they might say to you, Man, this crazy weather that's going on in certain parts of the country. Well, through all that, he's still on the throne. They might say, man, these crazy politicians. Guess what? He's still on the throne. Or if they really are bold enough, they might say something to you like, man, these crazy whites, blacks, Hispanics, and immigrants causing all this unrest. Well, guess what? He's still on the throne. Now you know that I don't blame any one particular race or ethnic group. I said I said everybody. Man, you crazy whites, blacks, Hispanics, and immigrants. Causing all this unrest. And when we throw in Asians or what Asians or Moans, Eskimos, whatever. <laughs> Do that too. In other words, Mankind, humanity is causing all the unrest in the world. I don't care what nationality or ethnic group you're from. Everybody's got their bad, bad apples in there. And then people may say, man, if there's a God, where is he? Well, he's still on the throne. Now, remember why I said that history had to go a certain way? So, it still does.
the pandemic, the harsh weather, crooked politicians, civil unrest, and all other injustices are part of history brought about through centuries of sin. So I can truly see that God is still on the throne and is still in charge. I mean, to us, this may be mass confusion, but to God, this is the organized chaos. When God makes something crooked, no one can straighten it out. And what God has made straight, no one can make it crooked. Oh, that was the last one. Okay. If anyone is expecting things to get better and stay better by either man, woman, or even God in this world's current condition because they feel we deserve better, that's what you're thinking, forget it. Forget man because he's the one who got us in this mess in the first place in the world. Forget woman because we're cursed if we put our trust in mere humans. That's Jeremiah 17 and 5. <clears throat> Excuse me. And a woman is a mere human. No matter how talented, no matter how talented or gifted she is. And lastly, God will intervene in some sort of rescue mission until humanity is godly sorry for centuries of breaking his laws and commandments. Lord have mercy. So where is God? Where he's always been, on his throne, and in the hearts of his true worshipers who are contrite in spirit. Being humble and remorseful. It's easy to say he's not real when we don't see what we want to see after a certain amount of time. God is not going to move when we want him to. He does what he wants when he wants. And after we are thinking, how can God do what people want when they want? when there's approximately 8 billion people on the planet. Even in the natural sense, that doesn't make any sense. Here's Psalms 145 and 13 from the LT. For your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. You rule throughout all generations. All generations, doesn't matter. Generations come and go, but God is the same. Now, the reason prophecy is so important is because of the core of what's going on in the world is this verse to remind us why it's important. Revelation chapter 19, verse 10b from the New King James. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Therefore, as we see things seemingly falling apart, we have been reminded, let's say, in St. Matthew chapter 24, St. Luke, I mean, St. Mark chapter 13, and St. Luke chapter 21, 
what things will be going on in the earth in these last days. Other Old Testament prophecies not yet fully fulfilled include things like Amos chapter 8 verse 11, Isaiah chapter 24 verses 1 to 11, Jeremiah chapter 31 verses 1 to 14. That's for the nation of Israel. There are more. That's just a few. There's a whole lot more. Especially in Jeremiah and Isaiah. Now, I thank God that he's still on his own. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Humanity always seems to step in its own ways. In the example of God's justice. Judges chapter 7, verse 22a, the NLT. When the 300 Israelites blew their ram's horns, the chauffeur, <clears throat> the Lord caused the warriors of the opposing army in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. Here's another one. 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 20, NLT. Then Saul and his men rushed out to the battle and found the Philistines killing each other. There was terrible confusion everywhere. So we see how God can turn people on the same side and have them turn against each other. This is slowly happening in our society. Now, it's not with the sword of murder, but of ideas and unwritten rules. It's happening slowly but surely. I think that's why I wanted to say this. Uh, I don't know how true it is, but I heard yesterday that, um, you know, people talk about cancel culture and if people don't like what you stand for, what you have stood for, even if it's years ago, they want to bring you down and uh, not listen to you anymore and take you from, uh, your, you know, kill your reputation. And if they can do anything to your, your uh, natural life, they'll do it. Now, this so-called cancel culture is going even going after the Obamas. And you would think this cancel culture, they usually go after, you know, conservatives and Republicans for their views. Now they're even going after the wrong kind. They're going after, I don't mean black people, I mean, they're going after people who are liberal. See, the, the, when the devil does something, he makes you think that he's after the other person. But then he's gonna turn on you eventually. Cause he has no respect to person. He doesn't like anybody. So you think, oh yeah, he's on they're on my side. And all of a sudden if you did something, they're against you. Now why are they going after the Obamas? What I heard was that when Obama was in office, when his nickname was Deporter in Chief. So he deported a lot of people, a lot of immigrants coming to the border. So now, since that was his title back then, that some people nicknamed him, 
that he was the appointment in chief, that of course goes against the liberals. You shouldn't deport anybody that they think. You should let everybody in here. So now they want to cancel him and Michelle. Now that that's about stupid as you can get. See, same makes you think he's going after your enemy. Just give him time. He's coming after you too. Okay. At first, and still, some folks have burned people's school not burn. <laughs> At first, and still going on, some folks have ruined people's lives to the point of getting them fired from their job, losing their home, and ruining their name. The thing to remember that the world often says is the world often says what comes around goes around. These folks who seem to get a kick at a ruining someone's life will have to come back around to them. Any leader with an uh, attitude of do as I say and as I do will find themselves at the mercy of the same people that ruin people who don't agree with them. And that's in America. It sounds like a dictation nation to me. Like I said, I don't know if it's true about the Obamas, but if it is, kind of goes along with the verses I said, where they were talking about murder. They were talking about um, the enemy was fighting against each other, giving Israel the victory. And from what I see, it happened on two occasions, once in Judges and once in First Samuel. Here, the one in Judges chapter 7, verse 22 says, uh, I'll read that again. When the 300 Israelites blew the ram's horns, the shofar, the Lord caused the warriors of the opposing army in the camp to fight against each other with their swords. And then the other one from 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 20, from the NLT. Then Saul and his men rushed out to the battle and found the Philistines killing each other. There was terrible confusion everywhere. So when God's ready to give people the victories and give it to them, don't make your enemies fight against each other. That's just what they're starting to do in America. So now you need some examples of uh, people um, turning on each other. All right, if you hold on to biblical beliefs, you're not considered woke. And therefore, you need to be canceled, according to people. Canceled by society and forgotten about. Now, a small group of, that's racist. You know, people that say all the time, everything that comes out their mouth is, that's racist. All right. A small group of that's racist people that can affect a multi-billion dollar company to the point of change even if the company is not racist. So if all, all it takes is a few people to complain, and that's it. I think I was talking to somebody, yeah, I'm not gonna say who, but um, 
I just asked, I said, so all these years, you think all these companies have been racist from the beginning? And they said, yeah. That's why well, I ain't argue with you with that. That's the way you feel, that's the way you feel. You know, like for example, I think last time I talked about the football team, the Washington Redskins, and certain other names, you know, Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben's, all these things have been changed. So I said, now I have nothing against changing Aunt Jemima and Uncle Ben's because that, that was kind of, you know, on the racist side, the logo I'm talking about. Not the food, the food is good. But I'm talking about the, uh, the logo. But nevertheless, so people, if people feel something is racist, these multi-billion dollar companies are bending to their wishes. And then when I asked this person, I said, well, do you feel like even back in the 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s, that when they came out, they were always racist? And they were like, yeah. It's just that now people are starting to realize it. So, you know, but that's what you feel, that they were always racist. Then so be it. That's your opinion. I, I, on the spiritual side, I see it more of saying, saying boo and people getting scared because they love money so much. You know, Satan says boo, people jump and they change their mind. And it doesn't have to be the way Satan said. But because they're scared of the money, they're going to give in. Okay, so why is it spiritual? Because it continues in the confusion that Satan loves to see among the nations. Now, I'm not even going to list the things some of us grew up with that are not considered racist and inappropriate. I think I already gave you two examples in Jemima and Uncle Ben's race. Well, through all this, thank God, God is still on the throne. That stuff in the world, that stuff the world is fighting over, it's not worth the same time of involvement or unnecessary outrage. That's what Satan wants us to do. It's so involved in nonsense that seems so important in order for justice to prevail. But in the long run, it doesn't mean nothing. Because all it is is a smoke screen to keep you away from things like this. See, when we put injustices above the Word of God, that's just what Satan wants us to do. Because didn't Jesus say he's coming back like a thief in the night? So we're going to be thinking about the injustices in the world. And Jesus will come back and we won't be ready. A lot of people are going to be caught off guard. Alright. Like I said, it's a smoke screen to keep you away from things like this. What Paul told Timothy, his son in the gospel, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 to 5. He says, Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life, but they cannot please the officer who enlisted them. 
and the athletes cannot win the prize unless they follow the rules. Right? It only makes sense. Excuse me. <clears throat> He's telling Timothy to endure suffering. Timothy was a young pastor. So it's so <clears throat> telling him, look, we're going to suffer in this race, but endure it as a good soldier. And then he says, if you're a soldier, you don't get tied up with the affairs of civilian life. You know, when you're fighting a battle out on the field, so you're in Afghanistan or in Iraq or somewhere else overseas, you know what I'm saying? Oh, I hope, I hope my wife pays you a gas bill on time. I hope she pays you a lesson bill on time. Uh, I hope the kids do their homework. When you're out there fighting a battle, you're not thinking about what you may be thinking about how you want to be home, but you don't consider your affairs of the civilian life. Because then if you do, let's say you're on a battlefield and you're the one that has to shoot the uh, long-range missile and your, your uh, sergeant or whoever says, fire! And you're standing there daydreaming about, I wonder who won the election for the uh, council the other day. And he's saying, fire! And you ain't made no mind. No, you're doing it because you want to play the officer who enlisted you. So we want to please God. So we can't be thinking about so many other things besides God, which we do. Even though it may be for a good cause, some people won't pray, they won't read, because they're too involved in trying to get justice for something on earth. Nothing wrong with that. But once you put it in front of God, you've overstepped your bounds. And then he goes on also said by athletes. Athletes can't win a prize unless they follow the rules. If you're gonna run a marathon, you can't take no shortcut. Better stay on the course. Whatever sport that is, you better follow the rules. Okay, so once again, like I said, so does that mean you shouldn't be concerned about civilian life? Of course, we should all be concerned about injustices down here. But not to the point of it replacing our time with God and waiting for it to change for the better down here. Now, there's always going to be small pockets of good. But prophecy will always outweigh earthly justice. Through all this chaos, we can still say, thank God, he's still on the throne. Here's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10 for the NLT. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. And he didn't get to see it, but he was looking forward to that city, that new heaven, new earth, with eternal foundations. Read Revelation chapter 21, I believe it is. You'll see what you're waiting for. It's a city designed and built by God. Even way back in Abraham's time, he knew God was going to do what he said. 
There's a whole lot of things in history we may have to go through. But, uh, nevertheless, we have to go through because we have to get to the other side. It's not easy. And I'm going to close with this scripture. Revelation chapter 21. See, I was talking about Revelation 21. Revelation chapter 21, verses 25 to 27. From the NLT. It's gates, talking about the new Jerusalem, new heaven, new earth. This is talking about the city. <clears throat> its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there's no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty. But only those whose names are written in the Lion's Book of Life. <laughs>